Do you want to start it? Do you want to start the thing here? <laughs> uh, I do, I do. I want to start the thing. Well, let's start the thing. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Becky. Sitting across the table from me is the scintillating, sc- scandalous, superb Cedric Skysetti. Yo, yo, what's up? And you're listening to the Happy Project Podcast. And uh, today we are uh, here to talk about some more things on our podcast. But I guess before we do that, um, do you have anything that you'd like to share with our audience about how you have been lately? Or what you have done? Uh, or or <laughs> what, what have you I, have observed? <laughs> what have I done lately? Uh, man, I haven't done anything interesting. I mean, <laughs> I've been overall okay. A little stressed, if I could be honest. Um, very, very busy working on a, a specific project. And uh, I guess you could call it a business. It is a business that I'm trying to get up and running. Yeah. And so that's literally all I've been doing for... Well, really, this whole year, since we got back from the States in early January, this is all I've been doing. That and, you know, another project that we're doing uh, film-wise. So, yeah, I've been a little stressed with that, to be quite honest. I had a moment today. Uh I was was organizing some photos because I'm organizing, you know, I'm organizing my sister's. Like a You're still photo album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's because it's all the way back to like 2003. Mm-hmm. She has given me a lot to deal with. But I was organizing and then I, I realized I'd hit 2021. And I was like, oh, finally I've caught up. And then I realized that there was like May 2021, June 2021. And I had a, like, it was kind of like a dissonance in my brain. Because in my head, I was like, no, it's March 2021. But then I was seeing photos from December 2021. <laughs> and I was like... What? What? I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. 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 It's it, 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last two years have have really been just very weird. Time wise. Yeah. I think for everybody, but especially for us, because we I don't know. Because we live in a little bubble and we just mm-hmm. well, okay. It it sounds sounds like we're isolationists in our own little way. We're not. I mean, we're very happy to be here. <laughs> no, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, we're glad to to be doing this episode. Yeah. Um, so we got this idea. I guess I guess we got this idea from some of the interviews that we do uh, with a different organization. Actually, you guys should check them out. Korean American Story. Mm-hmm. I think you would find their work really fascinating. And it does parallel a lot that we do. But we film interviews for them. You might have seen me post them every once in a while on the Happy Project Instagram. But while we do these interviews, we meet a lot of people who uh, it's interesting to see them ask this question, what, why are you in Korea or what brought you back to Korea? And a lot of times people say, well, I kind of wanted to see what it would have been like for me had I grown up here or, mm-hmm. or coming here to imagine what my life might have been like if I had come to Korea. And in a way, I, we're fully aware that it's a hypothetical question. We're fully aware that you can never come to a perfect conclusion. There's no way we could relive our life again, you know, in Korea and try to have that full experience in reality. But I think it is fun and also interesting and maybe even enlightening to speculate, to imagine, okay, if we had been born in Korea and raised in Korea and we spent all our formative years here, what might that have been like for us? And we can look back 
maybe on a social context, a historical context, and kind of draw some conclusions and maybe imagine that. Yeah, I think it's a good thought exercise as well because <laughs> it's, it's you're, I guess, testing your knowledge of the culture and you're trying to see if you could make it fit in your life in this hypothetical world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the good and the bad, you know? And so I, I don't know. I think for me, I've always wondered, and whenever people would ask me, why did you go to Korea? Why are you in Korea? I typically would answer, well, I've always wanted to know what it would be like to live in Korea as a kid. And I, I didn't realize that I would just always respond that way. But then one day I just kind of noticed, it's like, I guess that is um, a, a very big curiosity that I have. Mm-hmm subconsciously even, because I'm just like, what would it be like if I went to school here? What would it be like as a kid, as I'm seeing all these kids running around after school and they're like playing with each other and, you know, they're about to go home. What would it be like to be in their shoes knowing I got to go to Hagwon or private academy (laughs) after? Um, Yeah. yeah. And, you know, because in many ways, especially when I first came to Korea and I was learning how everything was here, um, I always, not always, but I kind of envied the life that the kids lived in a way, in a sense of like, they live in Seoul mm-hmm. or in my case, Daejeon. And they're able to, after school, they can just hang out. They can go to the Pyeonijam and get a little snack mm-hmm. and just hang out for a little bit. Or they can just walk anywhere. Or they could just take the subway and go to any part of the city, mm-hmm. which I didn't have that freedom to do uh, until I started driving Yeah, in the States. And even where I lived or grew up at the time, it was just very spread out. So it wasn't like the same city experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, man, I, I, man, those kids got it really good. Mm. That's what I would think. It's but also then the I started safety, learning, right? yeah, the safety yeah. as well, because you'll have middle schoolers just walking around and, yeah, um, even occasionally maybe late elementary school, um, yeah, and there's not a care in the world as long as they know how to cross the street, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, but like I didn't have that growing up, but I started learning. You know what? Yeah, those are some great aspects of growing up here, but <laughs> there are a lot of aspects that maybe I think I dodged a, a bullet, mm. in in my opinion, Mm-mm-mm-mm. you know? So it's just, I guess, give and take pros and cons. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things for us to look into that. And I don't I don't think it's too much of an uh, anomaly for us to, to wonder what might have been like if we had grown up here. I think um, this is, I don't say this is representative of most mixed people or people who grow up with two like parents who are from very different, distinct cultures and, and countries. But um, say you do, and I feel like it is natural for you to wonder, okay, my let's say my mom, well, she's got a certain way of thinking. She acts a different way when she's with people from her own culture and country. Mm-hmm. What might have been like if, if I was fully integrated into that? Would I be more like my mom then? Or would I be more like my dad, right? So I think we ask this of ourselves because it's curious. Like we like to know where did we come from? We like to to understand those roots in order to understand ourselves. And and also you're right. It is kind of just a fun little exercise that yeah. we do. I never really thought too much about myself growing up in Korea until later on. And then now living here, that's when I really start to think, wow, say I had had all my formative years in Korea. Mm-hmm. As opposed to my my later or young adult years, how different would I be? Would I even be the same person? 
right? Yeah, that's interesting because it's the whole nature versus nurture. How much of you would still be you here in a mm-hmm. totally different environment, culture, language, uh, and system? I guess imagine what it would have been like for us had we grown up here, taking into consideration uh, some cultural, societal aspects, uh, historical aspects. Mm-hmm. Just kind of envision what that might have been like. And for people who are listening who did grow up in Korea, let's say in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, you can let us know if we're accurate or not. Yeah. Yeah, because we have to backtrack and and try to imagine a Korea that we haven't even experienced or lived in. I mean, you came to Korea Mm -hmm. several times growing up, but Mm -hmm. I didn't. I didn't come to Korea until I was 26 Mm -hmm. for the first time. And that was just for a three-week visit. Yeah. Yeah. So most of my time in my 30s was spent in Korea. Well, not most of my time, but… I, I didn't come to Korea until I was 32 going on 33. Yeah. And I've just been here for four years. Right. So I have to imagine what it's like based off of what I know in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So let's set the stage. Let's let us imagine that we would be mixed Korean growing up here in Korea. I think that is actually a really important point because our experience would have been extremely different growing up in the States as mixed Korean versus growing up in Korea as mixed Korean, especially during the time 80s. For you, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 90s. <laughs> Only five years of the 80s. Okay? That's, you're like a half 80s kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm more like a 90s kid, to be honest. That's true. I guess I would be considered a 90s kid. So, I, am I more like a 2000s kid? No, you would be 90s because you're like 90? early 90s. Yeah, like a late 90s, 2000s kid. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say we're, <laughs> anyway. we're say okay, we'd mm-hmm. be mixed Korean here, right? You would be black and Korean. I would be white and Korean. Which is very important. Yes. There mm-hmm. is a distinction there. I think it's easy, especially in the U.S., to kind of throw everybody together. Like all the Asians. When in reality, it's a lot more nuanced and different than that. And in here in Korea, that would have been pointed out to us on a very regular basis. Even mm-hmm. more so than what we experience now. Oh, yeah. I remember asking my dad… This is a long time ago about, uh, I think I asked him like why he didn't, why our parents didn't stay in Korea after my sister was born because she was born in Korea. And um, of course, there's a whole host of reasons. But I also remember my dad saying, I just saw like mixed Koreans, especially in the 80s when kids were treated really badly. Like even that mm. point, he could see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess it was more implicitly implied. I didn't want that for you guys. Yeah. I mean, do you know if he saw like military family mixed kids or if it was just they were integrated in civilian society mixed kids? I'm going to guess primarily military or around the military base, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially in the 80s and 90s when I read back on blogs or I read about Korea at that time, um, seeing people who are not Korean was very uncommon unless you were around the military base. So for us, most likely with our parentage and us being mixed, the likelihood of us just growing up in that around the base setting, either on the military base or just around the military base, Mm -hmm. right? That would have been our experience. So probably we would have seen lots of foreigners, right? But the question that I would have for us is would we think of ourselves as foreign, quote unquote, or as Korean? You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess it would depend on how our parents would raise us in the first few years or what, you know, if they would bring to attention that, hey, you're you're going to be a little different. You know, you're both American and Korean, considering we were from military family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I think, I feel like you won't really know. Uh, no, no, let me take that back. I think we would probably develop an awareness. Like, let's just say we 
Probably didn't, really early on. Yeah, let's just say we didn't grow up in around the military base. We were just in like the city or something. Mm-hmm. We went to regular school. I think we would probably gain an awareness soon, not necessarily because we feel like we look different, but because kids will probably point that out. Not only kids, I feel like even teachers mm-hmm. might even point that out. Um, not necessarily to ridicule us, but… Well, I don't know. We're talking mm-hmm. about the 80s and 90s here. Do you think they'll ridicule I, us? I absolutely do think that oh, wow. people who grew up in the 80s, especially in yeah. Korea, faced a lot of discrimination as mixed kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think we would develop an awareness that we're different for sure soon, mm-hmm. which would prompt us to cry to our parents and hopefully they would have a conversation about why that is. Yes. Yeah. So I think um, not to start off on a negative note. Yeah. Because I don't want to make this episode like this speculation negative because it's not. Yeah. It's just, we're just trying to figure out how it would be. But yeah, I think uh, that would be a reality. Like our school year, especially during that time, would definitely be more difficult because I haven't heard any mixed kid who grew up in the 80s, 90s in Korea say that they weren't bullied in school or they right. weren't made fun of or right, they didn't right. have a hard time in school. I don't I don't I don't recall hearing anybody yeah. say that. I think there would also have been a big question for our parents to have to decide do we send our kids to regular Korean schooling or would we send them to a school on the military base? Would we send them to international school? Which then would also affect uh, mm-hmm. our language development. Yeah. Cuz there are a lot of kids who are here who now more days who are going to international school or they go to school on the military base who don't learn Korean at all, even if they are mixed Korean. And that does severely limit the way you can integrate fully in Korean society. So I bet if, say, we had to, you know, we would grow up here in Korea, that would have been a big question, I would bet, for our parents. Right. And also the thing about bilingualism, too. um, At the time and still to today, I think people have this concept, especially in Korea, like if I teach my kid Korean and English, they're going to get confused or they're not going to gain fluency in both of them, which will then hurt them later on in their future. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. that would probably be, I would hope, a topic of conversation. Yeah, I think so. But I, I'm just wondering how it would be in just a normal society, right? Let's mm-hmm. just say it wasn't, you know, I don't know. Our fathers were American reporters or something. They had some sort of a civilian job um, here instead of the military and we're just in the regular school system. Uh, I think that would be probably the most difficult part of Mm -hmm. living here as a child. Mm -hmm. Perhaps making friends would be a little difficult, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I mean, again, if if anyone listening has had that experience, let us know what your experience was because uh, we're just going off of what we've heard. And, mm. and a lot of it is just, we're assuming mm-hmm. as well. But um, yeah, I think it would be probably a little more difficult. And um, obviously we would, grow, going to normal Korean school, I think we would develop the Korean fluency quite early on if we don't develop it in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be more difficult in the beginning, but I think we'll probably get the hang of it. Because we have to. If we're going to live forever in Korea. Right. Or if we're just going to go through the normal Korean school system. Mm-hmm. Things uh, I would be wondering about you as a male in Korea at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would definitely have to think about Korean military. Yeah. So I think you could have had dual citizenship. But then you would have to make the decision by 19 or 20 to go to Korean military. Right. So uh, given that… And you had grown up in Korea. Um, would you have gone to Korean military? Probably. Yeah. Like if I feel like this is home and this is all I know, probably. Yeah. Because that's what 
all my peers are doing. Mm-hmm. They have to do it. Mm-hmm. Why would I be any different? And because I feel like, um, I you know, I feel like I would be what's the word? Not abandoning, uh, but just sort of being a traitor in a sense, mm. maybe to the country. Like not doing your national duty. Yeah. yeah. So I would do it. And what is it? Like, I don't know. At the time, I think it was longer, right? Because oh, yeah. right now it's, it's, it's like, what, 22 months now. or 16 months or yeah. 18 months? Yeah, I think before it was a little longer. Yeah. But if everyone does it, then it's like, it's even, right? Mm-hmm. It would be different if like all the half Koreans, like you got to go to military for three years. Yes. And yeah. then uh, <laughs> everyone else can get started in society. But I'll tell you what, Cooks, growing up, you wouldn't even have the option to go to Korean military. I feel like, didn't the rule change in the 80s? Where they would allow half Koreans to go to military? Oh, I don't know. Because prior to that, like mixed Korean kids weren't allowed to go to military. Then what what would mixed Korean kids do? Not like, go to military. Would they like it was actually, yeah, this is why it was a problem because it stunted also their career progress. Mm-hmm. So if you couldn't as a male go to Korean military, even if you wanted to, then um that would severely limit your ability to be considered as a Korean male. Yeah. Well, you're you don't have to think about that though. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, but your egokshim would definitely be a lot more, you'd have a lot more patriotism, I think, towards the Korean nation had we, of course, grown up here. Yeah, I think so. Um, Unless, you know, I guess unless I feel like nobody likes me and doesn't accept me, then it's just like, why would I, you know, go to the military for this country? But then again, I, I don't know. I have no idea. That is a hard thing to consider because even still to today, there's definitely a line between white Koreans and black Koreans. Mm-hmm. Um, we still see that discrimination factors and and both, let's say, groups do face discrimination in their own different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also rooted quite in ignorance. But I would say, especially in terms of being black Korean, particularly at that time, the ideals that were carried over by U.S. military, right? This racist attitudes that the U.S. military brought to Korea, that kind of shaped the way uh, stereotypes Koreans have towards Black people, Black Koreans. It still would have carried on. Yeah. So I imagine that um, at that time, it would have been a lot, there would have been a lot more discrimination experienced for you and for me, but in a different sense back then. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, especially back in the 80s and 90s, and even till today, to Mm -hmm. be honest, I think... um, there's a certain view of black people in terms of where their origin is. Mm. Oh, they're from Africa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's the whole like um, like dirty skin idea, right? right? The darker your skin, the dirtier it is. And, and for some reason- in Korea for sure. It's still, it's still within certain people. It's yeah. still in their mind. You know what I mean? Like um, I, I, I feel like a lot of people would just, because of that mindset, I would just be looked at as dirtier. Mm. Than mm-hmm. probably other people. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, I, I guess that would be something that would play on my view of myself. So true. Who knows how my self esteem would be? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Speaking of that, I remember when my little sister, because she has freckles, my mom used to try to scrub <laughs> them off her oh, her face because no. she had these freckles, and I have a birth spot, you know, on my side here, my mm-hmm. yopkuri. And then I remember my mom scrubbing it, trying to scrub it off. Because the skin color is darker than the rest yeah. of my body. Yeah. So whether what she didn't mean to hurt me, of course, but it's like that idea still carries through. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even to today, honestly, in some subconscious level. Yeah, I've heard stories like here and there, maybe with older people. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let's, if we're assuming that we were military family living around the military base, there's a good chance that we would have been living in Itaewon area. Oh, okay. Right? Sure. And the 80s and 90s, Itaewon, uh, Hooker Hill, mm-hmm. does that ring any bells? Um, red light districts, right? Kind of a seedier part of town, Itaewon. If you've been to Itaewon today, well, not today, like COVID era today, but let's say a couple of years back, it had become much more gentrified um, and a lot, very, very popular place to hang out. Even late at night, like people didn't feel afraid to walk around in Itaewon. But even me, just like what, 15 years ago, my mom used to tell me, don't go to Itaewon. <laughs> she used to tell me that. Don't go to Itaewon area. Like it's very dangerous. Right. Uh, seeing as it was around the military base at that time there, the U.S. military base. So um, you would have a lot of, well, if we look at the historical context around the military base, Itaewon area especially, this is where camp towns would have been. This is where a lot of when you talk about prostitution happening during the Korean War, after the Korean War, it was that area. And so it kind of stems from that environment. And even though things developed and changed over the years, kind of carried this reputation. And during the 80s and 90s, it still would have existed. So who knows if we'd be playing around in E21 or not? Would our mom let us out there? Who would knows? I, would I be traumatized by all that? <laughs> <laughs> we would have seen a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's curious when you think now how far Itaewon has changed um, and people look at the area around the military base. Today, you know, it's so gentrified. It's a lot more LGBTQ friendly. It's a lot more um, like uh, mingling amongst Koreans and non-Koreans hanging out in the same space. But at the time, it would have definitely been dominated by like a, a GI atmosphere, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of temporary soldiers here, one year tour, maybe two year tour, not really planting any roots. And so it definitely would play an effect, I think, on the surrounding areas. Yeah, definitely. And also in in reputation on mixed Koreans too, because especially at the time, people carried the idea that mixed Korean kids were the result of Soldier, American soldier, and prostitution. Right. So that Man, so we would care. have that cloud over us and <laughs> walking around, people judging us. Isn't it wonderful to imagine? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get more positive, I promise. Well, yeah. I don't promise, but we'll, we'll try. Um, yeah, but another thing is that if we were in that area, Itaewon area surrounding the base, then we would have been around for the, the burgeoning hip-hop scene here in Korea. Mm, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think for me… Given how much I loved music as a kid and love music now, um, I feel like I would have gravitated towards that mm-hmm. because I would have seen something that probably looks a little bit more like maybe one side of me that I don't see on a day-to-day basis, right? Because when Korean, like when K-pop entered the scene and mm-hmm. we're talking early 90s, around circa 92, right? Um I would have been what seven or eight. Very. Oh yeah. Yeah. This oh well, for you, you would have remembered then, like Soteji and mm-hmm. the boys coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and they're you know they're they're rapping. They have the hip hop culture. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I would have really enjoyed that mm-hmm. because I actually did as a kid when I was in the states, and uh, I discovered Soteji through my mom taking us to the Korean store, and then she bought us. Actually, no, I I first ran randomly ran across her first album, a cassette tape in the public library in my city. Oh, wow. Because they had a little Korean section oh. for the music. So I rented that. 
And uh, yeah, that's when I discovered them. And yeah. yeah, so they would like, we would have K-pop CDs and tapes in the Korean store. So I was, I was already gravitated towards them, mm-hmm. I guess, because of the novelty of it. And I knew this is part of my culture. But I think if I lived here, I would have definitely loved the hip hop scene. Yeah. And I would have loved to have seen just it explode in the 90s. Yeah. Because it went from, you know, very trot <laughs> driven yeah. to like these crazy modern beats and, and rapping. Right. Like who, who, like who, who's ever heard of rapping? You yeah. know what I mean? So you would have been well positioned. Uh, being living around the military base um, at your age and your interest mm-hmm. to witness this rise, this meteoric rise of hip-hop in Korean music. Yes. And the retro K-pop era. Yeah, and I think that would have been just probably a highlight of my childhood. I mean, because what did we have? We didn't have the internet then, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so we would have just had school. And then what would we do for fun? <laughs> I guess go to a what park. What do for fun? Yeah. Play soccer or something? I don't know. Well, I'm also wondering too because 80s and 90s was kind of a lot of um, urbanization. Like the Seoul city was being built up mm-hmm. rather dramatically in a yeah, short period yeah. of time. So we would have seen that change happening. Like literally the physical changing landscape of the city. Yeah. We probably would have seen way more Western influence starting to come in. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking even with the food, fast food chains starting to come in. I believe, if I, if I remember correctly, I think KFC might have been in Korea already in the 80s. Oh, really? I think. Oh. Um, you know, I, I'll have to fact check Maybe that. Maybe around the Olympics. Perhaps. Perhaps. I think I saw that in probably uh, uh, Reply 1988, oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, or something. But yeah, I think there were a one or two Western chains that are already in Korea, possibly McDonald's. Mm-hmm. But I think in the 90s, that's when you would have started to see the influx of it. And by the late 90s, mm-hmm. I would have been a teenager. Um, I think Starbucks was already mm-hmm. first arriving into Korea. That early, So wow. I would have… Uh, I'm just trying to recall from our coffee episode. Because I remember Starbucks oh, yeah, was, yeah, that's right. We did talk about yeah, that. Yeah, Starbucks came to Korea quite earlier than I thought. But mm-hmm. anyways, like I would have seen all of this… It would have just been so exciting to see, wow, this stuff from America, you know, coming in and we can go and get a hamburger and French fries. I think Mm -hmm. that would have been like crazy for Mm -hmm. me. Well, Um, no, I still remember when it was, I was living in Shinchon area and then this new burger spot opened up there. mm -hmm. I can't remember which burger place it was. Ah, I wish I could remember. A Western chain? Yeah, yeah. And it opened and lines were all down the street. Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to eat the hamburger there. And this was when I was like, 21. So this was not such a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still remember being like, what? Like even me seeing it. <laughs> wow, no way. This is a Korea. So yeah. can you imagine at that time even more so? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I would have really loved that. Because yeah. I, you know, as a kid, I just love to eat fast food <laughs> and just junk food. So yeah. that would have been crazy. And then seeing like these peony jums or convenience stores. Mm. Um, I mean, I know there, there were convenience stores back then, but it was probably way more like um, just… I don't know, uh, rough around the edge. It's just like mm. you're basic. You go in there and they just like have these things where you could just, you know, pick up your candy and mm-hmm. stuff. But now it's just, it looks a lot cleaner and nicer. Mm-hmm. I think we would have seen that transition. So in terms of Western influence with food, that would have started to really come in and True. pick up in the 90s. True. So I probably would be a Korean kid or half Korean kid thinking, I wonder what it's like to live in America. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. That probably would have been a thought we thought about a lot, especially if we're seeing these Western influences coming in. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. So we have the music, we have the food. Yeah. Um, 
what else what else entertainment wise or leisure wise would come in well i'm thinking for you especially because i wouldn't have been alive then but in 1988 when the olympics so that is a yeah. very pivotal moment in modern soul history mm-hmm. specifically um yeah so you would have i guess witnessed it even though you would have been so young yeah. but yeah that was a, a a massive turning point in in uh korea's let's say global image mm-hmm. right as kind of like whoa they are worthy competitors on the world stage yeah and i think really that was like probably the next phase of the society and and things being built and just being i guess gentrified mm-hmm. and i, I yeah cuz what maybe what 60s and 70s Korea starts to really rebuild at mm-hmm. post war and then um there was you know that boom and then the next boom would be post mm-hmm. the olympics yeah yeah so it would have just been a crazy time i wouldn't have been able to process it as a kid i guess it it would have felt normal to me mm. but it would happen so fast it would happen fast that was the thing like this korea developed incredibly much in such a tiny short mm-hmm. of period of time and we would have seen uh, a lot of that happening. Um, however, let's fast forward to 1997, mm-hmm. the financial crisis. Right. Right. So we would have witnessed, well, I guess the tail end of this enormous boom happening here in Korea. And then this enormous recession. Right. Also happening. Yeah. So I, from what I know and understand about this time was where uh, Korea as a country suffered. Mm-hmm. Right. Not just as uh, the entity of the country but the people too and so right. that was a time where um i don't think if the people didn't band together and just unite to try to deal with this crisis i don't know where korea would be because that was a time where everyone would try to sell uh i think they were selling a bunch of gold right everyone even they're like gold teeth their own yeah, gold jewelry yeah just, just to, to raise the money get the country out of debt exactly so um, I don't know if our family, you know, let's just say our family was uh, impacted, you know, financially by it. Like we would have probably witnessed the stress of that. And- we would have, but I want to push back on that idea. Mm-hmm. If we were tied to the military, U.S. military, right. we would have had an advantage. Our oh, family no, yeah. would have had an advantage com- compared to just an ordinary Korean citizen. Right. You keep wanting to like put us in the military. I'm trying to like break you're, us I know, out of you're that. like, we're way out in the countryside. <laughs> Like, no, let's be we're realistic. We're in Jeju Island, just in the States. <laughs> just living out there, yeah. You would be a henyal and, you know, you're totally imagining. Right, because I, I don't know. I feel like um, in a way, if we were still tied to the military, but living in Korea, that would be just very different because we're still, we're legit Americans still. Yes. And… Um, well, you mean like citizenship-wise, Citizenship-wise. Right? And um, if we lived on the base or around the base, that's… It's a whole. It's a world within a world. You know yeah, what I mean. So that's why I'm trying very to different ecosystem in this hypothetical scenario. I'm trying to break <laughs> break away from that because it's too oh, easy. Okay, too All easy. Right. But I mean, you can we can play around with both scenarios. <laughs> uh, yeah. One other thing that would have been very very different for us is proximity to family. Um, at least I know for me, had I grown up in Korea, I would be much. I would have a lot deeper connections with my Korean family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that would have been very different, right? I feel like a lot of times people who are in mixed homes, they have family living in very faraway places, right? And so you, yeah. you physically literally can't connect. And so as you grow older, you might recognize the lack of relatives 
right? And close connections that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so many stories I hear of people being like, oh yeah, I'm so tight with my grandma. I'm so close with my cousins. And uh, it's something that I've thought about, wow, what that, what that would have been like. If we had grown up in Korea, uh, we would naturally be spending a lot more time with our Korean families, spending holidays together. You know, we, Korea is a smaller country, so we would be able to see each other more regularly. So that would have been a very different dynamic, I think. Right. But on the flip side, we wouldn't see our other side as much. Exactly. More than likely. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, before the internet, for all of you uh, millennials and Gen Zers <laughs> <laughs> who can't imagine life without the internet. Yeah. Like it was very hard to keep in contact with family, especially overseas. Because yes. you'd have to either… Because um, calling wasn't free. You had to long distance call. And I'd imagine that wasn't even easy to just do. And mm-hmm. you have to coordinate time and… Um, and then you have, what, mail? You can write letters and yeah. stuff. And that would, you know, that obviously takes a while for the back and forth. And so I think it's much easier to lose touch with the family that's overseas mm-hmm. or far away. And I saw that with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, I guess, our extended Korean family. Like, they're probably running around and I, you know, may have crossed paths with them and didn't even know who they were because my mom lost contact with them Mm -hmm. in probably the 80s or 90s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think uh, it would just be, it would take a lot more extra effort to keep in touch with that family. So I I would imagine on the other side, our American family would be much more difficult. Because I grew up around the American family, especially during holidays. Not, we didn't live in the same city, but, you know, I would see them. So there's that familiarity. Yeah. But then you would also be spending more time uh, with the Korean enculturated family side. Mm -hmm. Right. And which would also affect the way that you interact with people, affect the way that you think, yeah. especially dealing with elders. Well, you know what that means, right? We all the holidays, like Chuseok and Lunar New Year, we're, we're probably at the family's house. You know what that would mean? That would mean me from a young age would be learning how Get to the kitchen. cook and serve. Get right? in the kitchen, do what you're told. And then by the time I reach this age, you'd be like, I hate Myeongjol. Like, yeah. I don't want the holidays anymore. <laughs> But you still got to do it unless you want to be estranged from your family. Exactly. So that that would be a pressure that I would grow up with. Yeah. You and just got to get good at making excuses like <laughs> during holiday time. Like if your what family you lives outside of the city and yeah. you're in the city, like oh, I have to work. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But I, I also agree. But yeah, that would be a different… I think our, our understanding as well of uh, gender roles would be a lot more defined had mm-hmm. we have grown up in Korea. I mean, I still grew up with a very strong sense of gender roles, right? But I grew up with a greater feeling of equality. Yeah, A lot of that has to do with my dad and the way he raised us. But had we have grown up in Korea, I imagine I would have felt a lot more inequality, gender inequality, Mm, um, and also a lot more pressure as a woman um, in terms of how I look, in terms of how I present myself. That would have been something I definitely would have felt more. Yeah. As opposed to me, as a man, I, I wouldn't feel that at all. I probably feel very empowered. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but you wouldn't be allowed to express emotions so much, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just have to like suck it up and just… Yeah. and just Yeah. You would have a future of the military and then try to get into Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I probably like wouldn't make it into Samsung. Just work for LG or something. Oh, no. <laughs> we see where your loyalties lie. Yeah, I I think that that is a very big like you would just be such a different person because you'd have yeah. to especially during that time you're still um I guess I guess your generation would be that transition point between like 
our mom's generation and the ones that are like maybe elementary school now, like mm. you're, you have that sense of like, oh, women should be equal to mm-hmm. men, but you still want to, you still know your place in society mm-hmm. generally, and mm-hmm. you still will play the part mm-hmm. uh, as much as you need to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus I would imagine the the girls growing up now would probably be a little bit more leaning towards. Maybe yeah, feeling a little bit more empowered. A little, a little I would more. Hope. I don't, I don't think it'll happen like, like in America, it's just like it right. flips within a generation. Yeah. But I think it's just slowly inching towards that as like the older generations are mm-hmm. phasing out, mm-hmm. we'll say. Yeah. It's a euphemism. (laughs) I imagine, what I'm curious to think about, so especially in this time, uh, a lot of girls my age, when they were in high school, when they graduated from high school, were starting to get inundated with this idea of plastic surgery, getting the sankapur, right? Uh, The idea of changing your eyelids. That was really huge. Okay. Especially for girls in high school around my age. Um, So what I'm curious is me being mixed, having been born with sankapur, would I have felt a pressure to do plastic surgery? This is something I'm curious to know. Would I have felt like, oh, I want to get plastic surgery because everyone else is getting plastic surgery to look like what? Because that was when the Eurasian, you know, Mm -hmm. look was so everyone was, that was starting to grow in the minds of like, this is the ideal look, you know, and K-pop idols starting to look more and more Eurasian. If you see, especially in like late 2000s compared to 90s or early 2000s. Right. So I wonder where I would have felt in that place. Oh, do I look more Korean? Am I glad that I look this way? Would I want to get plastic surgery? What would have been my quote unquote ideal beauty? Right. You probably would have felt the pressure. Probably, but I don't know what I would do. Well, you don't have to get the eye surgery. Yeah. You just save some money that way. That's true. But yeah, I think growing up, you would feel more of that that idea. I was speaking, I guess, more as a woman. Mm-hmm. These beauty ideals, right? Yeah, This would yeah, be yeah. surrounding me at all times. You know what I just thought of? I wonder if uh, I would ever feel the pressure of wanting to try to look more Korean. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think specifically more so skin color, you can't do anything about that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I wonder if I would have tried to have changed Your my fashion. hair. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, my fashion. Yeah. But like change my hair and like just go yeah. more and like just straighten it and, and do it like that. Because, you know, I have worn my hair straighter. Uh, I like to wear it curlier now, but like I have worn it straighter, not to look more Korean, but just to like have my own style. Cause mm-hmm. like no one, you know, it, it was a it was a love-hate uh relationship with that because like some people hated it, <laughs> but some mm-hmm. people were like, oh, it's cool. But anyways, I wonder if I would have done that to try to fit in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm reminded of uh I there were a couple of times where Han Hyun Min, the mm-hmm. the black Korean model, uh Nigerian Korean, um, he he would come on like a, a TV appearance or something like that with like straightened hair. Mm-hmm. But it looked like uh, whoever styled his hair just didn't know. I don't, like, I don't know if it was the stylist mm-hmm. idea or his mm-hmm. idea. Um, but it's just like, it. whatever it was, it didn't look right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, ooh, like that's not good for your hair the way you did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how would he know? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like… I wonder if I would be in that same situation, like just trying to do things because I just want to look right. different or fit in. And I'm not saying he did it to try to fit in. I think my guess is he probably knows his place. He's like, you know, I'm famous anyway, whatever. <laughs> <Right. suck his." laughs> but um, yeah, like I, 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 mean, I you feel wouldn't like, have the people around you who could educate you. Basically. No, no. I feel like I would probably want to try to fit in more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt that at all. We both would have felt that very strongly. Yeah. Your fashion would be really different too. It it would be totally you different. You would be you Very would be Korean. that like K drama oppa. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. 
you know, do you remember where they used to wear like the little vest? And then you had like your your white button the up tea. underneath. Oh, and oh then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or with the tee uh-huh. or with the tie <laughs> mm-hmm. on top of that. And then their hair with the horrible bangs spiking down. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that would have been you. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I could see that. I also think if we had grown up during this time, we would have felt quite a whiplash later in our life because earlier on, it's like, don't talk about mixed kids or we don't like mixed kids, maybe facing some kind of discrimination. You carry certain stereotypes with you from, you know, just the history. Growing up with that and then seeing half Korean K-pop idols later on. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait a minute, what? Right? I, I have to wonder what that must have been like for people who did grow up here in Korea during this time and then suddenly seeing half Korean K-pop idols on stage. And it's just like, wow. And everyone suddenly loves them because it coincides with the rise of Hallyu, right? And then getting more international and then putting half Koreans on stage. And they're like glorified figures. Man, I, I feel like I would probably be one of those idols. Yeah, there's honest. a good chance you might have been, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. Yeah. Man. Unless you were living out in the countryside or on Jejudo, like you so insist <laughs> right. on. Yeah, that that's yeah. I mean, so so I guess like when we're older, right? We're in our twenties and thirties. We're we're probably trying to integrate into society and working. Uh, you would feel the pressure to get married for sure. Oh yeah. Or yeah. you could be one of those that are just like, oh, whatever. I'm just gonna do my own thing. Well, no, I would probably feel the pressure a lot more mm-hmm. than say in the states. Yeah. And for me, I think I would just be, I don't see myself being outside of like external factors. I don't see myself being any different than um, the average Korean guy. Mm-hmm. Outside of just my appearance and um, maybe some self-esteem issues, I feel like I would try, I would just lean more into being what I know, which would be just a Korean dude. What I'm curious, let's say we happen to meet you were taking a trip from far out in the countryside where you live to the city where I live. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let's say we we met each other by incident. Okay. Right. We on Equin Young. We met. Mm-hmm. Do you think we would have felt the same mutual attraction that we did in our real scenario? Because when we met in our real scenario, we saw each other, and my first instinct, oh, half Korean guy, and then I was so interested to meet you. Of course, we would not feel the same way because we'd both be growing up with um, Korean. Mm-hmm. We see another individual. I don't know if we would put two and two together as in, oh, half like American. I don't know because we look different because I'm yeah. white American, you're black American. So I have to wonder if we would still feel a sense of, of mutual connection. Yeah. Obviously, total speculation and there's so many nuances and like different variables. But I would say it would be a little less likely in a sense of, unless we were hanging out, we were talking and getting to know each other and we were both speaking probably Korean to each other. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I think at that point, maybe, but at first glance, I don't know, because maybe I'm assuming like, oh, maybe she's just an American girl. No, I don't know. I don't know. See, this is this is actually a very interesting idea because, yeah, because we connected on the sense that we have this similar strain, this Korean thread that connects both of us. Mm-hmm. And we both could relate very strongly to that. But if we had grown up in Korea, our strong thread to our yeah. Americanness would not be the same because yeah. our American identities are quite different, right? With our upbringings and our family. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if we would have connected strongly on that factor. I think there's a good chance. 
I just think it depends on like if if for example I'm just looking for like if I'm just like any other Korean guy, mm-hmm. I'm probably looking for a Korean girl or mm-hmm. I'm just attracted to a Korean girl. Um, and when I say Korean, obviously I mean someone who is native Korean who grew up in Korea mm-hmm. that that looks mm-hmm. what society would say is this is a Korean girl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so man, that was a very roundabout way to say <laughs> just a. Cream, cream, cream. Cream. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm trying to be politically correct here. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe I would have an attraction for, you know, mixed Koreans because I'm mixed Korean. It's just like, it's a novelty. You don't see them. Or maybe you would want to not be connected to more exactly, mixed Exactly. Because maybe I'm just like, no, I'm a Korean man. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just going to… And it's part of it's just to prove my Koreanness. Yes. But the other part of it is this is what I know. is what I've been, you know, surrounded with. Yeah. So I could see that. I mean, when I came to Korea, my… Four years ago, my thought was I'd more than likely just meet a Korean girl. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that would probably end up being a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously wasn't cutting anything else out but I was thinking more along the lines of okay what what do I want my future to look like in terms of how to like culturally how to raise my mm-hmm. kids and how how my future spouse will relate to my mom mm-hmm. that was very important for me um, because I've had past experiences where that was not the case with my significant others mm-hmm. so um yeah so that so in my mind even as a half Korean from America coming to live in Korea as an expat I was already thinking um, I'm not really looking for anything else. But you know what, what I mean? if it would have been flipped? What the reason mean? is you wanted somebody who could relate to your mom as Korean. But what if in flipped, you'd want someone who could relate to your dad as American? Mm-hmm. See, that might would change then who you're looking for. I don't know. Because I feel like for me, it would have been… I think your my, dad would be the minority then. Yeah. But I feel like my dad would have been cool. He's like, whatever. <laughs> like, so I think my mom would have been more Still. of wanting like to to connect. And I think my dad would have been fine with. Yeah. As long as I'm happy. So I don't… Yeah. Yeah. As long as obviously my significant other would want to connect with my dad in some way. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. But not necessarily because he's an African-American or an American. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's how I would probably… It would be so interesting. I mean, just thinking about this, obviously we can't know for fact, but what kind of societal pressures would have put on us that would have affected the way we made decisions? Yeah. Right? Like being half Korean, growing up in Korea, let's say I meet you who's also half Korean. I wonder if societally I would have felt pressured to be like, no, I shouldn't be with a mixed Korean guy. Mm, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of what everyone is saying around me, what I know, what I've experienced. Yeah. So it's a little bit different in our case coming from the States to Korea and then we meet each other. Ah, oh, we mutual bonding. But what might have been different had we been growing up in Korea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I My guess is it would probably be different. <laughs> Look at us. We're trying so hard to imagine our hypothetical situation of us being far away from each <laughs> other. Like, I'm in the countryside. Bye. I'm like, I wouldn't have dated you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, you know, I don't know how many more. I mean, we could just keep going, but uh, I'll, I'll bring this up. Like, I wonder how we would feel as adults in terms of like career opportunities mm-hmm. or, or ceiling mm-hmm. or like how we would feel or how we would just function financially. Like, would mm-hmm. we just be the average or would we be below average? Would it be harder for opportunities yeah. for us? You yeah. know, all things being equal, we go, we end up going to a good school. We end up, um, you know, uh, I guess we we go to a good school, we get good grades, and we prove ourselves that we're just like any other, you know, a hard studying Korean person. 
it's time to get jobs, would, we, would it be harder for us? I, because because yeah. we we have to, like, I, I guess Korea still does this. I don't know. Maybe you know. But, like, on job applications, it's usually required to have, like, a profile picture. Yep. So, I don't know if… When I first moved here, that was the case. So, mm-hmm. maybe it's still the case. But employers want to see what you look like. It would definitely have affected us. It would affect me probably more than mm-hmm. you. But mm-hmm. the fact that you're a woman would have affected you more than it affects mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. for certain opportunities yeah, and absolutely. situations. Um, so we both would have just been kind of screwed, so, <laughs> I guess. So the thing is, yeah, in terms of just image and appearance, yeah. it's so still uh, very, very important. But even it's not too hard to imagine uh, where would we be financially today when we look at our age group right oh, yeah. now in Korea. Just in general, like the financial situation, no doubt we would have probably had debt. We probably I'm still living at home with our parents. Um, I probably wouldn't be married just because women don't want to get married these days, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, but appearance-wise, that would have definitely affected us because even if we were, let's say, competitive with everyone else in terms of education, in terms of experiences, um, and cultural competence, language competence, all of Mm. those things, still appearance would have affected us. Now, in how that would have affected us, I'm more inclined to believe probably more negatively, um, but who knows? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, just with the track record and, you know, there's this interesting, um, I, I just thought of it a couple of minutes ago. There's this interesting YouTube channel I came across a little over a year ago. Um, and I forget the name of it, but it's basically just a Korean run documentary channel that documents just stories upon stories of half Koreans. Mm-hmm. Many times in which they're, you know, growing up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they highlight stories from time to time, half Koreans overseas. Mm. And uh, it's interesting because most of these half Koreans that I've seen, at least with the videos, are like older Koreans. Like yeah. Koreans, half Koreans that are older than us, you yeah. know, maybe the first generation halfies. And it's always, I mean, maybe it's the bent of how they want to present the documentary, mm-hmm. but it's always like presenting the struggle and mm-hmm. seeing how um, they've, you know, they're facing discrimination or maybe they're not able to get those office jobs. So they have to work manual labor, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going off of that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be probably more difficult because of how we look and yes. because of who we are. And I would venture to say that if we happen to look more Korean, right? Let's yeah. just say I had a Korean, Korean face, but maybe a little darker. I'd have a better opportunity, better chance. Yeah, totally. Um, and same with you. Like it, 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 it is what it is yeah. because people. Korean people in their mind would be able to register, oh, this person might be half Korean, but he, he looks Korean or she looks Korean. Mm-hmm. So they're Hanguk mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're 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 just Korean mm-hmm. versus someone who probably just doesn't look Korean. It's hard for them to wrap their heads around the fact that, hey, they're they could still be just as Korean as the next half Korean that looks fully Korean. Yeah. You know, so yeah, because appearance it, still yeah. really plays a big part. Right. Something else too, in terms of, and, and we'll wrap it up pretty soon, but I, I just wanted to bring this up in terms of work, how you mentioned maybe earlier, half Koreans working manual labor. I think a lot of that, it's it's not just playing into how you look. It's not just playing in simply being mixed Korean. A lot of it plays into the societal aspect because uh, especially early generations of mixed Koreans either would have left Korea forced out, adopted out, or taken out by their family because Mm -hmm. they didn't want them to grow up in Korea. So there already is like a lesser population of mixed Koreans growing up in Korea at the time. Mm. Or they're growing up in single parent homes. 
a lot of that has to do with just the the military procedures, how mm-hmm. the U.S. military allowed with war brides and this whole thing, um, or who their mother was, whether their mom was a prostitute, whether their mm-hmm. mom was in a relationship with an American soldier who then had to leave because of he was sent away because of military tour or whatever, or couldn't bring them to the U.S. So uh, there are multiple reasons why, but mixed Koreans, especially early on, may have been growing up in a single parent home. And that, if you don't have the father, the petrilineal, you don't mm-hmm. have your father's last name, you are at a significant disadvantage in the patriarchal society here. Your name wouldn't have been on the family hotel. What is that called in English? The, the family registry. registry. You yeah. wouldn't have been on the family registry. It would have um, made it make it very difficult maybe for you to go into school. Difficult for you to get a job. Difficult for you to go to army. Of course, they didn't even allow it earlier on. And so all of these factors would prevent you from even being able to progress mm. in your career. So this is why then you would see, okay, mixed Koreans working in manual labor, which then would reinforce the idea yeah. among ordinary Korean citizens. Yep. They're lazy. They're not smart. They're just, you know, that's the work that they do. Because Korea does have this economic standards that they place on themselves and on people yeah, around them. Yeah, it's like an economic caste system. Just yes. not as intense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that also would have affected us growing up, even if not as a first generation of mixed Koreans, but seeing maybe your only examples of mixed Koreans, mm. if we even saw anybody. Right. So that's why we would have been shocked to see half Korean performers as K pop idols, yeah, right? Just representation in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have uh, definitely have a different uh, point of view in terms of, of how we viewed ourselves and our own families. Very interesting to kind of talk about all of these aspects. Impossible to yeah. say what is true and what is not. We could have been completely off the mark, but uh, judging from what we do know and what we observe. Yeah. And uh, I just want to make it clear, I should say we would want to make it clear that we're not saying that uh, growing up one place or the other is better. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to make sure that that doesn't come across that way. We're just simply just trying to speculate out of our childlike curiosity. What would it be like Mm -hmm. as a half Korean? I mean, there are pros and cons anywhere you are. Yeah. So we just wanted to throw that out there and make that clear. I think that's good because uh, it is true that also in a couple future videos, I will be talking about more of the historical context and trying to challenge the idea of mixed Koreans, early mixed Koreans of being reviled by Korean society. Mm. So this is just a little bit of nugget for you to hold on to and look forward to because I think this is a point of view that the 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 current narrative does not support yeah. of thinking, oh, were mixed Koreans truly reviled? Maybe this is some false narrative that Ooh. we're believing. So I'm going to be, be releasing a couple of videos talking about this point of view instead. So by no means are we coming in and saying, oh, our lives are so much better because we didn't grow up in Korea. But it is interesting to speculate. Well, if you did grow up in Korea at some time time in the 80s or 90s or 2000s, we'd love to hear from you and hear what your experience was like. You can write in at thehappyproject at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Let me do it again. That was awkward. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. We are The Happy Project.